Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I'm very excited to have Helen Snape with us. She's a healthy relationship coach, and I'm really, really so overjoyed to have you here today, Helen. Oh, thank you for having me on the show, Lynn. It's my absolute pleasure to be here. And you know what? Helen is going to speak with us today about a very common topic and it's something I put my hand up to and can relate to being this type of person in my past and I know it had a a negative impact on my relationships and that is we're going to be speaking around are you a people pleaser so Helen just before we actually get into that could you explain a little bit about how you come to be doing what you're doing right now for the benefit of the audience yeah so my background is in human resources and training And people suggested to me that I become a coach because I seem to be good at it. And eventually I thought, yeah, um, I could do that. And I had the idea of becoming, you know, HR consultant and doing some coaching. But as you probably know, Lynn, you know, when you do this kind of personal development journey, you kind of realize what you're really passionate about. And when I trained as a coach, I realized actually, I'm really passionate about helping other women have healthy relationships because I was in an unhealthy relationship for 18 years and I really lost myself in that process. Hmm. And when I came out of that, I was determined not to make the same mistakes again. And what I realized was that no one teaches you how to have healthy relationships, but actually we can learn just we might need some help along the way absolutely we're not parents are educated around this stuff at all are we no no it would be so great if you know if young girls young boys were taught you know what is an unhealthy relationship what is a healthy relationship that would be amazing yeah Mm. other than um you know the basic sex education that they get in school it'd be so ideal to really understand you know also the differences between how men and women think feel and behave differently as well as what is like you said an unhealthy relationship versus a healthy relationship because especially for young boys I think you know all they initially get is probably images of pornography on the internet and that's probably what they think is a healthy relationship yes yes that and like toxic masculinity and they you know they get these strange ideas and and for girls you know quite often we're taught you know to be seen and not heard and to be polite and to be good and that's certainly you know the the mode that I got stuck in and that's you know really what led to problems in my relationships and now what I help a lot of other women with you know women that are just kind of too nice for their own good. Okay so Picking up on that then, um, in the 
title, we referred to it being, are you a people pleaser? What is it? What are the traits of being a people pleaser? First of all, let's discuss what that is. Somebody that is stuck in people pleasing patterns will have trouble saying no. They will just say yes to everyone else except themselves. So they will get embroiled in things that they didn't really want to get involved in or they might find that they have to backtrack you know they'll agree to something and then realize oh my goodness I shouldn't have agreed to that how on earth do I get myself out of it mm-hmm. they'll avoid conflict like it's the plague they'll just do anything to avoid conflict because they think that that is going to just ruin a relationship or mean that people don't like them They'll pretend that everything is fine when it isn't. So they are absolute masters of the fake smile. (laughs) (laughs) They will, you know, if they're sad, they'll be smiling. If they're angry, they'll be smiling. Uh, You won't know. And they will ignore or minimize their own feelings because they will put the feelings of other people in front of their own. They will prioritise other people at a cost to themselves. Wow, yeah, I can definitely relate to having been in that mindset and that pattern. And, you know, certainly, I suppose, to sum it up, it's it's, it's a state of mind where you've got no boundaries, really, have you? I love that you said that about boundaries, Lynn. Yes, yes. So one of the things that I learned about when I came out of my unhealthy relationship was about boundaries and it was just like the sun was suddenly shining and I thought why did I not know about this thing called boundaries before because they are life-changing like not only do they improve all of your relationships and actually make them safer and more intimate which I would never have guessed before but they actually also help you to take care of yourself and to help you undo those people pleasing patterns yeah because I think you know I think we get sometimes sucked into this people pleasing pattern of behavior because we you know if you, you are somebody that doesn't want to be engaged in any conflict we quite often think that you know we can't say no or we can't say um we we don't accept this particular behavior because we don't want to rock the boat because we think we're going to cause conflict. But actually by accepting somebody else's poor behavior, we're then also giving them the message that it's okay to keep on doing that behavior towards us, which isn't acceptable. And then we wonder why we we end up trapped in that sort of relationship, don't we? Yes. Yes. We either allow other people to treat us in ways that aren't good for us Um, or you know we just end up building up a resentment towards the other person because we're letting them treat us badly and we don't like it but we don't say anything and you know and then you can kind of create this you know cooker pressure and you know you might explode at the other person at some point and they'll they'll be blindsided because they won't they won't know they won't have known how you were feeling at mm-hmm. all mm. exactly and I, th- I think that one of the um one of the things 
I absolutely sort of drum home when I'm doing any teaching and training is that, you know what, you actually respected more, not only by your partner, but anybody that might be mistreating you that's, or doing behaviours that aren't acceptable to you by actually saying something. When you don't say something, you know, as I say, it comes across as you're going to be giving them permission, condoning that behaviour because you've, you've allowed it to happen. So that's your responsibility to take, you know, for, the, for what's happening in a unhealthy relationship is that perhaps you haven't got boundaries and some, rather than pointing the finger of blame at a partner or another person that you're involved with, um, you know, look at, you know, what is it that I'm doing that's allowing this situation to be what it is? Mm. Yes. And I think to get to that point of being able to communicate your boundaries or to speak up for yourself if you disagree with someone, you first of all have to know what your boundaries are and you have to know what is important to you, what really matters to you. And that's something that a people pleaser can struggle with in the first place is even knowing, you know, oh, what is okay for me? What isn't okay for me? Because they never spend the time thinking about themselves. So I would say that the first step really is if you're a people pleaser is to begin to turn this beautiful attention that you're giving to everyone else all the time, turn it towards yourself. Take the time every day to ask yourself, how do I feel? What do I need? And notice what things have just made you feel a little bit irritated, maybe a little bit off, not necessarily even hugely angry, but just begin to notice what, what bothers you. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, I think a lot of times even um, you, don't, you don't necessarily need to be somebody that gets angry. You can just feel that resentment is building up and, and, you know, for me, I, I don't think I do anger very easily at all, you know, but I do obviously recognise in the past that I was allowing somebody to treat me in a way that wasn't acceptable to me and I, it made me very unhappy. I was hurt by it, but I, I didn't end up getting angry about it, but I was feeling hurt by it. So I can always remember thinking well, how am I contributing to this? And I still, it still took me a while to realise it was about boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> you you realise though, yes, it's about boundaries in, in the end. Yes, yes. And it's really interesting you talking about anger because people pleasers will often not recognise what they're feeling or not really want to feel their feelings whatever that may be and especially anger don't want to don't want to go there at all but being able to feel our feelings is actually part of where our power comes from and so you know whilst we don't want to lead with emotion we don't want to be overwhelmed when we're expressing our feelings you know emotions can really fuel our behavior they can 
fuel us setting boundaries you know if some if we know that something actually has annoyed us it can give us the energy and the impetus to actually say no like that's not okay for me mm. yeah and like I said before I think it's quite important to reinforce that your partner and or other people that may have mistreated you in the past will actually respect you all the more for saying no this isn't okay um, and actually respect you less if you don't actually communicate that it's not acceptable. You know, you don't want to become a doormat and for that to be the norm for you. Um, and, you know, on the, on the misguided perception that you don't want to rock the boat because it might cause conflict. In, in actual fact, it's the opposite that will happen. You actually gain a lot more respect. They might not like it initially, but you actually do gain a lot more respect from a partner if you communicate your boundaries. Mm, if the relationship that you're talking about is with a safe person or somebody that's a healthy person, mm. you're right, they are going to respect your boundaries. They're going to take them on board. You're right, they might not like them. They might take a little while to adjust to them, but they're essentially going to be okay with them. It's perhaps when we're dealing with you know, unhealthy people or you know, people that have got a lot of their own kind of baggage and issues that they respond negatively or very defensively or really just do not want to respect your boundaries at all. Um, and so we also need to learn the tools for you know, dealing with these different reactions that we will get from people. Okay. So if you, with somebody that you um, perceive might react in a, a poor or negative way, what would be your advice in that situation, Helen? The first thing I would say, if you're setting a boundary with someone and they're reacting badly to it, is to remember it's not about you, that's about them and that their emotions about your boundary is just that, it's, it's their emotions and they are entitled to feel how they feel. That doesn't mean that you need to stop setting a boundary. And it may make it feel even more uncomfortable setting a boundary if somebody is having a bad reaction to it. But remember that you can live with that uncomfortable feeling massively though so, yeah 100% agree and also I, I find it a great phrase and I've said this recently in another podcast episode where it came up but I always think it's worth reinforcing in, in that if you pre-set it up by um, saying to a guy this is no big deal but actually he probably knows that it is a big deal and you probably know it is a big deal if he has you know, um, behaved unacceptably in whatever form that manifests itself. But if you actually preempt it by saying, this is no big deal, but, you know, would you stop doing A, B or C because it makes me feel A, B or C, um, actually sets it up to be a, a lot more of a less confrontational type conversation. Yes, yes. I, how we communicate a boundary is just as important as, 
as actually what we're saying as well. You're quite right. You, you, I mean, you can set a boundary by saying, you know, don't do X, Y, Z. And that, that's a perfectly good way of setting a boundary in some circumstances. But if you're in a relationship with someone, you know, depending on the nature of that relationship, you may well want to soften it and to, as you say, introduce it in a way that 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 maintains and, and fosters that relationship between you and, and doesn't kind of make the other person immediately go kind of put up their walls. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. It, there's there's two ways that you can present an issue and one way will cause, you know, um, likely conflict and distance between you and the other way you can actually maintain the intimacy so it's very important isn't it in terms of not only recognizing um how you can communicate what your boundary is but what is it in the way you say it makes a big difference yes yes how we communicate a boundary is important i think there will still be times when no matter how gently and and cleverly you've phrased your boundary the other person still might not react well to it mm. so you know it's it's just knowing that that sometimes you know, people aren't going to react well um and that that's you know that's we can live with that too um and absolutely it's going to be a, a temporary phase in that moment anyway whichever way it goes isn't it that that you're going to recover it fairly quickly from. Yes, 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 indeed. Yeah, so so boundaries, yes, was one of the things that I was gonna mention. And as well as the, um, having that head-heart connection. So, you know, not kind of letting ourselves get lost in the thoughts around, oh, you know, are they gonna, are they gonna think I'm being mean or offensive? But to really to tune into how we feel rather than tuning into what we think the other person is feeling. Absolutely. You know, um, the thing is that we're probably quite good at giving our friends and family advice, but then actually don't apply it to ourselves very well, you know. So if this is something you're being, you know, you, you're meant to hear, <laughs> but I've, and I've also been, you know, sort of giving that advice to your friends and family, but I'm not applying it to yourself. Then this is obviously why you're tuned into this podcast right this minute, because there's no coincidences. You're obviously meant to be listening to this. Yes. Yes. And I suppose, you know, one question that sometimes people ask is, well, you know, what, what is the problem with, you know, with being really nice in a relationship? And it's like, well, there's no, there's no problem with being a, a caring, loving person. Like that's brilliant. Like, and, and we don't ever want to lose that. And, no. you know, there's probably no chance you're going to anyway. It's just, if you don't look after your, own needs and your own wants and you're always doing the giving then even in a healthy relationship that means that the other person they don't get the opportunity to give back to you and they also 
will have a hard time really knowing the real you. Because if your drive is to make that person happy all the time, then you're going to be kind of trying to fit in with what you think they want from you. And so they'll actually have a hard time getting to know the real you. That's so important. I'm glad you mentioned that because actually we're actually doing our partner a disservice, aren't we? If we're not giving them the gift of being able to give to us. You know, it's, it's quite hard, isn't it, sometimes if you've always been a giver to actually suddenly think, well, actually, this relationship is imbalanced. I, I need to sort of get used to receiving. Even compliments can be difficult for some people to receive without feeling the need to compliment the other person straight back again, rather than just say, thank you. I love that. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that, Lynn. Yeah, I, rem- you know, I remember when I used to get compliments, I would... Yeah, I would kind of like discount them in a way or, you know, if somebody said, oh, that's a nice dress, then I'd be like, oh, oh, well, you know, I just got this from the charity shop or. or Yeah, we can be quite dismissive, can't we? Or, you know, degrading about ourselves. Like if we've got a new haircut and somebody compliments it, oh, no, nothing, you know, uh, and be dismissive. And and that's not really being kind to the person that's giving you that compliment, Mm. you know, the the best thing you can do if people give you a compliment is just say thank you. Thank you. It makes me so happy to hear that. Um, because then you're giving them the gift of um, giving you something. Yes, absolutely. In fact, that's a really lovely way of looking at it for, for somebody that's really tuned into giving rather than receiving. It's like, well, actually, if you receive a compliment, then you are then giving the gift back of you know, letting that person give you the compliment, um, which is which is kind of beautiful. It's a beautiful cycle. Um, it does take, yeah, it does take some work to to begin to be able to receive and actually step back from always being the giver, like knowing actually it's okay for me to receive as well as to give. And it is a big part of um, men feeling um, like they're being your hero as well in wanting to give to you as their woman. Because when you think about it, you know, we've we've become quite independent, which is fine, which is great. You know, I've got nothing against women being more independent and uh, being their their own financial uh, earner in their relationship and um, going you know, even being the main breadwinner, there's nothing wrong with that. But I feel on the independent journey that we've been on over the past few decades, we've lost our way a little bit and can be quite dismissive of the gifts that men offer us, such as, you know, if they offer to carry our bags, for example, you know, we can be quite rude and say, I can carry my own bag. Well, that's not the point. He wants you to um, see him as your hero. So if he's offering to give you the gift of carrying your bags, even though you're quite capable of doing it for yourself, I think it's so important to receive that gift in the way it's been meant and intended in that he wants to make you happy and be grateful and thankful for that. Mm. Yes, I, I suppose that a lot of this comes down to you know, your perception and also, I suppose, you know, where your perhaps your own defences and, and triggers are around that. Um, but I'm, I'm with you, Lynn. You know, it, if somebody wants to wants to, to give you the gift or, you know, they, they would like to help you with something and, and it's something that you need help with, 
then it's embracing that rather than saying, well, actually, no, I, you know, I'm an independent woman. I can do everything by myself. So I will. (laughs) (laughs) And it it is something quite often that you can do for yourself. You you can pull out your own chair at a restaurant. You can open your own car door. You can, you know, um, put on your own coat. But if he offers to do those things for you, that's in a man's healthy, chivalrous nature, his, his way of giving you the gifts that show he cares. So why wouldn't you accept? you know that it's in that and from that intention yeah yeah that that is beautiful that is beautiful yes 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 and and also you know if we if we can kind of allow ourselves to to show up in a more honest and real way rather than always kind of worrying about oh you know will the person still like me if I really show up as myself, then we're also inviting in an opportunity for greater intimacy in our relationship Mm. because they're getting to know the real you rather than kind of the mask that you're wearing in order to try and impress them. Yeah. People can pick up on if you're not genuinely being yourself and being a people pleaser isn't naturally who we're meant to be. You know, that isn't you being your natural best self. That That's you being um, somebody that's probably operating from a place of fear due to past conditioning where you've not felt comfortable about speaking your truth or saying no and setting boundaries. Absolutely. I think a lot of people pleasers grew up with their needs in some ways not being met maybe they were told that they shouldn't speak up about things. Maybe they weren't given the time that they needed to do things. And so they learned all those things very well. And so they perhaps, you know, become very independent, you know, outwardly perhaps successful people, but they're focused on, okay, right, I'm not going to get my needs met. I will help everyone else meet their needs. Yeah. Yeah. Not doing ourselves any sort of service at all by doing that and uh, not being who you are meant to be, and that's your best version of yourself. So in terms of um, anything else that you'd advise well, I'm hoping that we probably do get some guys on here who may identify with this as well as women, I was going to say. Um, but, you know, any of, of our audience in general, um, if they recognise that they're in this people-pleasing phase of their life right now, what would be uh, your best tips? Mm. So my my top tips just for starting this journey of recovering from people-pleasing is to see if you can just slow down a bit. So for example, if somebody asked you to do something, rather than automatically saying yes, see if you can pause or see if you can delay answering, you know, by saying, oh, I I need to check my calendar. I'll get back to you on that. 
And by introducing either a pause or a delay, it gives you opportunity to really check in with yourself. Is this something that I want to do? Is this something I'm capable of doing? What is it that I actually want to go back and say? And then you can prepare yourself to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also uh, okay to say I can't, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in a response, you know. <laughs> if somebody's asking you if, if you can do something, just say, sorry, I, I can't right now. You know, I've got other things going on and that's, that's fine. You know, you're not going to be disrespected for that. Um, in fact, it can look, it can be quite attractive and appealing to a guy to know that, you know, you, you're not sort of going to be readily available at a drop of a hat. And he's got to, you know, uh, be mindful that, you know, um, in some cases, he might not always get what he wants. Absolutely. Yes. And in terms of relationships, so one of the things that as a people pleaser, you kind of constantly kind of are worrying about is, you know, is, you know, is how I'm showing up in the relationship okay? You know, am I kind of impressing this other person? And so it's to actually ask a different question. And that question is, is this relationship good for me? Yeah, I love that. Is this relationship good for me? Yeah. Yeah. And another good one is to, uh, uh, you know, if you have been on the end of something you haven't felt comfortable or good about, in terms of an acceptable behavior is to ask yourself, do I deserve this, you know, or do I deserve better? Oh, yes. When I was realizing that I was in such an unhealthy relationship, a little voice woke up inside of me and was starting to tell me I deserve better. So I love that. Yeah. You know, asking yourself, do I deserve this? Do I deserve better? Love that, Lynn. Yeah. On that note, Helen, any final words before we wrap up the episode? If you recognise yourself in this and thinking, oh my God, <laughs> how do I stop people pleasing? Know that it is utterly possible. It really, really is. Like It takes time and commitment, but it really is possible and you can have the best relationships of your lives if I can do it anyone can do it absolutely and it just takes a bit of practice doesn't it, it just it just takes a bit of a change of thinking and and uh, a change of behavior that needs to be implemented consistently to to just change everything for the better mm. absolutely it's changing our patterns by changing yeah our thinking and yeah and showing our whole bodies that actually we're safe and we can we can do things differently now yeah excellent I, I love this conversation Helen it's been really insightful thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your personal experiences it's been really appreciated oh, thank you so much for having me on Lynn I've really enjoyed it so on that note, would you be able to share with our audience the best contact information should they want to reach out to you? Yes, you can contact me via my website, which is my name. So it's just helensnape.com. Excellent. And we'll put all Helen's 
contact information in the show notes as always and thank you very much again Helen it's been a pleasure to have you on today thanks Lynn and I'll just leave you with true love starts with opening our hearts and until next time folks goodbye for now thanks for listening to the hearts entwined podcast you can follow Lynn via the Facebook group two hearts entwined or search Lynn Smith inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email Lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.